So let's face it, one of the biggest fears we have as ABGLs is opening up to someone we thought we could trust and then being exposed by that person. So could you imagine having your ABGL side exposed to over 400 of your friends and family? For most of us, that's our worst nightmare. But for our guest Forrest, it's actually what happened to him. So today he's going to share how it happened and how he's been working through it. If you want to reach out to Forrest and thank him for coming on the show, you can find all his contact info in the show notes of this episode at thelittlelounge.com slash 142. On that same page, you'll also see a video preview of my latest Nurturing Mommy roleplay and a link to sign up and get access to over 20 roleplays plus a new one every week for just $5 a month. And just so you know, I do make two versions of each, one for boys and one for girls because I want everyone to feel included. Again, the link to all of this is thelittlelounge.com slash 142. Quick shout out to Andrew, our newest member. Thank you so much for signing up, as well as all the other new members. We're about to hit 500 patrons, which is just amazing. So thank you guys all for your support. All right, I'm not going to make you wait any longer. Let's get started. What's up, Forrest? How's it going? Good. How are you doing, Lo? I'm good. Just, you know, enjoying this 60 degree weather. It's nice and sunny here where I'm, where I'm living, so not too bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm jealous. It's cold and, uh, well, it's sunny today, but it was cold and rainy the last few days here. So. Oh, dang. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Pretty lucky compared <laughs> to most of the rest of the United States right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm praying for snow, so let's, let's see if it happens. <laughs> praying for snow? Are you snowboard or something? Yeah, for 20, 22 years now, 23, something like that. So, Dang. Oh, that's yeah, cool. Doing it a while. I went skiing yeah, we're for going the to Montana. Oh, 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 nice, nice. So what do you identify as within the ABDL community? So um, kind of switchy. I go between like little and then uh, caregiver. Like some, some days I'll have that instinct. And then uh, uh started out as DL, but uh, I have some AB tendencies as well. So sort of. Sort of all over the spectrum, I guess. That's say. cool. So, yeah. would you say it's about like an equal split between little and big? Yeah, I'd say that's that's accurate. And, uh, some days I'll do it, uh, and then other days or weeks will go by, and I won't even think about it. And then, uh, so it's just kind of a an up and down kind of thing, you know. Yeah, I totally get that. Before I had a partner who like <clears> knew <throat> about this side of me, it was so weird because I would almost go for months almost like forgetting that I even mm-hmm. was into it. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I'll do that too. Cause I'll, I'll go a few months even. And it's, you know, when you do it by yourself, so, you know, for years, it kind of becomes I don't know, maybe not as special. And, uh, and then you kind of forget about it. Like you said. Yeah. So, yeah, I know there would be some things where I'd get super into it, maybe a little yeah. bit too much. And then right. <laughs> just like, drop it to the side and forget about it for a little while. And then something would spark it. And then I'd be like, all right, well, I'm feeling it again, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, and, and most of the time it's not planned. Like I'd, I'd come home from the gym or something. I'm like, yep, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those days. Do you find like there's any specific triggers that make you want to be like in a little mode? Mm, sometimes I'll get to like having maybe a daydream about being a daddy or, or just snuggling up with like a mommy figure. And then I'm like, yeah, I need to go put some diapers on and <laughs> get in that mindset. Um, I, don't, so. I don't know about you, but for me, before I had a little of my own, uh-huh. it was really hard to feel like a caregiver when you're by yourself. You know it's what I mean? It's the worst. Yeah. It's like, so sometimes I'll like go back to past relationships in my mind and like pretend that 
I'm doing it with them, which probably isn't really healthy, but it's like I have nothing else to sort of to go with. So, but yeah, it's tough by yourself. It, it sure is. I would do that with my past boyfriends too. Like some of them jokingly would call me mom because I'd start doing everything <laughs> to take care of them, you know, like their laundry, cooking for Aww. them, you know. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> doing all that, that stuff. I love and, it. <laughs> I mean, you take it where you can get it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the little, yeah, you take little bits of, uh, of love and, and that warm feeling. And yeah. Makes you feel good. So. Maybe they're not acting like a baby, but I'm still right. getting that like nurturing feeling. So yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. I would I would do it like as soon as like a past relationship, if it became a thing, like we named it, then it got weird for them. But if I was like kind of sweet and caring without, you know, saying hey, this is a, a thing, it was it it was cool. And then and as soon as I put a name to it, it was like uh, they're weirded out. I'm like, oh, yep. well. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing about labels, right? Is like someone can then just do a Google search and just kind of make a lot of assumptions about what you're doing. Yeah, it's, it's exactly what happened. Exactly right. Yep. Yep. So instead of talking to me about it, they went on their own little foray and found stuff. And, uh, yeah, that's never good. Never good. So how many people have you told? Not a whole lot. Usually uh, I'd, I'd wait until I, I felt like a spark or, or excited about somebody and then I would kind of like bring up kink in general, like a general idea of kink before I would get to specifics. And so if they didn't jive with like kink as a general thing, then I wouldn't bring up ABDL. But uh, so I've probably told maybe four or five people. Four or five? That's pretty good, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Some people have told zero. So, I mean, that's (laughs) that's pretty good. Yeah, I've definitely gotten better about it, you know, but... uh, my problem in the past is I was very insecure and I lacked the confidence of uh, being like, hey, this is what I'm into, this is what I like, you know, let's discuss it. So I, I would say, hey, this is kind of weird, but that's never a good way to preface a, a discussion about something. So That's um, true, the buildup, right? <laughs> when you're like, I'm kind of scared to tell you about this, but... <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but uh, to sort of branch off from that question just to touch, the, um, I was outed in college and we can maybe get to that later, but... Uh, so in that instance, probably 400 or so people found out about it. And oh, my God. Yeah, that was a social suicide. Or, or, uh, it sure felt that way. So. so let's make that 405 people yeah, know about that's right. this. <laughs> I like it. That's right. Unintentionally. But. Uh, unintentionally, correct. Yes. Okay, we will get to that in a second. But would you say that? it kind of maybe the first time was the worst and then it got easier as you went on and you learned more or did you make a bunch of mistakes? I, would say, <laughs> I definitely made a mistake. It was, yeah. So it was really hard. Like, so I found out about it before the internet was really a thing. Uh, the web was young. Uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of stuff online about it, so I didn't really know how to handle it. And, uh, so I kept it to myself for a while and, and then I really started to get the urge to tell people. So when I, I told a girlfriend in college, I was really, like I said, insecure about it. And uh, her reaction was, uh, don't ever tell anyone else that again. <laughs> that was her reaction? That, that was what she said, yeah. And, um, so, that, so, yeah, so that really affected me. And then it took a while uh, before I opened up again. Um, uh, but it did get better. And I, and I would consistently bring it up uh, maybe every couple months as, as the years went on. And, you know, I had more relationships. Um, and, uh, and I finally got to the point where I stood up for myself and was like, hey, look, this is something I need. And if you're not willing to talk or to um, uh, 
uh, sort of um, indulge me a little bit. I don't think this is going to work. And, uh, and I got to the point where I was okay saying that where, you know, okay, well maybe the relationship is going to end and that's, that's okay. You know, that's, this is me and this is who I am. So I agree. I mean, I feel like I used to feel like you shouldn't say that you need it, but at the same mm-hmm. time, now that I'm looking back at that, I'm like, you really do kind of need this, yeah. right? Like yeah. it's going to yep. come back and you're going to be in a relationship. And if you feel like you can't express it, you're going to go elsewhere mm-hmm. looking for it. You're exactly right. And, uh, and it took me a long time. Well, I'd say 15 years or so I repressed it because I wanted to be, you know, normal, whatever normal means. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted to be like everybody else and accept it. And, you know, and, uh, and I realized that all that did was made me moody and upset and depressed. And then it affected my partner negatively. And, uh, yeah, it just wasn't good for anybody. It's like you're denying this very important part of yourself. Yeah, you are. And it's, and it's okay to need that. And that's what took me so long to realize. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people feel like, oh, it's just easier to just pretend like I don't need this. And maybe in the moment, it, it definitely is. It's easier mm-hmm. to not say anything, right? Like yes. <laughs> way, way, way easier. But yeah. you do have to think about that person and your future with them and your own future and think like, am I really going to be happy if I'm having to do this in secret for the rest of my life? Right. And, 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 you know, now you mentioned that my, my past, my last girlfriend, uh, long-term relationship I was in, she, we talked briefly about moving in together. And my first thought was, well, when am I going to wear diapers when you go to the grocery store? <laughs> like, like what in the world? Yeah. And, uh, and, and right then I knew like, this is an issue. That's <laughs> so true. So when you move in with someone, there's no, like, there's hardly any privacy. No. And I was, I was freaking out and I was anxious and I was stressed out about it. And, uh, and, you know, eventually we, we broke up, but that, that was kind of the aha moment, I guess you could say, uh, where I'm like, yeah, this is something I need. <laughs> That's a sign. I mean, I feel like yeah. if you would have ignored that gut feeling you got and then right. went into that relationship, you'd start feeling a little bit resentful. Like you couldn't just be yourself. Mm-hmm. This is exactly right. Yep. And, um, and, and I've seen that in, in the local community here with some of the littles you know that are married to vanillas and and they're miserable and i'm just happy that you know i escaped that i guess so. no honestly i i agree <laughs> with you even though it hurts like to be rejected mm-hmm. by someone up front it's like it's better that you know now than when you're so deep into it you know you're married and have kids and a whole yep. you got a house together and everything you know it's right way more complicated right. then yeah it's very complicated so you know, i'm thankful in that regard but it is it does get lonely on the other hand. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it really does. I know. I mean, it, um, it wasn't until recently that I even had my own little and even before I met my fiance, like I remember just thinking like, is that even mm-hmm. possible for me? Like, am I actually going to meet someone right. that like, first of all, is into this just mm-hmm. as much as I yeah. am. And right. second of all, that I'm attracted to. <laughs> yeah, see, <laughs> you know? that's the kicker. Yeah. There's people that you're right that, that are into it. And I'm like, this is so great. You accept me but I have no romantic interest in you either. Yeah. And it's like, dang it. <laughs> you need both. You really need both. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you found someone. I really, I think it's great. It's, that it gives me, uh, it's encouraging. It, so. I don't give up. Seriously. <laughs> You'll find someone out there. And, and that's why I also have been encouraging people, you know, put yourself out there online in some mm-hmm. kind of way, like on a kink profile or, you know, even reach out to people that you feel like you can trust, you know, from right. your vanilla account. 
because yep. there's so many people on Instagram like messaging me from their vanilla accounts. They have no kink profile. And I'm like, <laughs> they're like attractive people. And I'm like, they're they're out there, guys. Like, just trust <laughs> me, they're in hiding, you know, like make yourself That's visible. <laughs> right, right. Make your online presence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I can't wait anymore. We have to talk about this exposure thing. Like, <laughs> let's, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. I'll try and uh, paraphrase or keep it, keep it short. Um, so for three years in college, I kind of, my freshman year, I started, I found a site called Diaper Pale Friends, which is, keep in mind, this was like 2000. So I doubt it's around anymore, but, and it got me interested. I'm like, wow, look at these people wearing diapers. And so fast forward about six months, I picked up a pack of diapers at the drugstore freaking out, you know, and, um, tried them on and loved it, fell in love with it. Um, so for three years I was wearing in secret and getting more and more anxious about like, how am I going to share this? Like, I'm tired of keeping this to myself. And so I was in a fraternity and, uh, the girl I was dating was in a sorority. It's kind of how that goes sometimes, unfortunately. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah. 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 I'm like, yeah, it's just Greek life is something else. But anyway, mm-hmm. She was on my computer doing some research, and uh, she found a video that I had made, a short video of me in diapers wetting them, and uh, I think it was just wetting. It may have been both. Um, Uh-oh. Yeah, right? Now, I don't think I showed anything, but I think I was like being verbal about what I was doing, mm-hmm. and I had showed it to a couple online that I had become friends with, and, and they were very appreciative of it. And, Not everyone anyway, appreciates that kind of stuff. That's <laughs> uh, right. And, and that's fine. Like, totally get it. Um, yeah. And uh, so she found it and she decided to share it with her roommate, who was also in the sorority. And then her roommate went and blabbed to the entire sorority and showed them. And then the sorority showed my fraternity. And then somehow my parents ended up finding out about it. What? Right. My girlfriend's parents found out about it. And so, you know, the people that I thought were my friends laughed at me and called me names and um, made jokes behind my back and uh, said cruel things. And women I didn't even know would uh, make uh, rude comments just around campus and call me names and be like, oh, you're that guy. And, uh, you know, I was devastated. I mean, it was traumatic. It was literally traumatic. I thought my life was over. I thought my social, uh, all my friends were, were gone. Um, my parents forced me to go to therapy to get cured. Yeah, it was a really hectic, depressing time. And, um, I just wanted to die, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. yeah. I, just, I wanted to check out. The shame was, was pretty intense. Um, I thought about transferring and, uh, and not once did anyone come up and say, Hey, why do you do this? Or what do you get out of this? All they said was, well, that's what you get for putting it online. And, did you? Yeah. Good. So. Did she snoop or was it just like open on your computer? Oh, she totally snooped. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, totally. hundred percent. Yeah. So, and you know, at the time I was very insecure about it. And so I believed all the hype and all the negative feedback and thought that I really had an issue and that I was screwed up and you know, that I needed therapy to fix my sinful ways or whatever. <laughs> That uh, how'd that work out? <laughs> did not work. It did not work out. Yeah. So I so I go to therapy to a general therapist. You know, God bless him. And after about eight months, he came to the conclusion that, hey, this isn't hurting anybody. It's really it's not harming you or anyone near you. You're not obsessed with it. He's like, I'm pretty sure you're going to have this for the rest of your life in some, you know, manner. And he's like, I actually don't see the harm in in doing it, indulging now and then. 
Thank God and, for him. <laughs> right. I know. And this was a guy that had no, he was not a sex therapist or any of that. He was just a regular relationship therapist. And, and thank God for that guy. But my parents were not happy with his diagnosis. Really? Like, oh, not at all. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. And neither was anyone else. But after that, I swore off diapers and ABDL and anything around it for five years. I yeah. must have gone through like 10 purge cycles, you know, buy diapers, throw them away, buy them, throw them away. Um, uh, it was a bad, dark time. Yeah. How do you not. get through that? Like, I'm just trying to picture myself in that situation <laughs> and I'm like, I don't see the light. Like, how do you, you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. so hard. I totally, yeah, I totally understand. Basically, I just had to, I decided that I was just, I, I kind of got mad. I made myself get mad. Just be like, all right, you know what? Screw you guys then. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, and you're not going to deter me from living my life and, you know, going out to mixers and social events. And, you know, and uh, it was hard and pressing and dark, and my grades slipped, and, you know, I didn't have relationships, and it was bad. Yeah, it was really hard. So, um, was anyone uh, supportive at all, ever? No, no. Not, not a single not. person. Not one person. Not even no. someone who was like, hey, man, that really sucks. Like, I'm sorry that happened to you. No. No, I don't think anybody ever said that either. Everybody yeah. just fucking turned their back. They're like... Mm. Pretty much. Yeah. And they tried to ignore it, and they just laughed. I mean, eventually, it went away. You know, it kind of fell out of the the public uh, mindset. But, but they would still bring it up every so often. I'm like, guys, man, like... Yeah, so I should have left that fraternity. Those guys were terrible. I can't believe you stayed. <laughs> I can't Kudos either. to you. Like, honestly, I don't know how you managed to stay. Yeah, it's like I still have it and, and it affects me to this day. And that's why I still have such such a difficult time dating, because all I think about, I immediately think about how am I going to get rejected now? You know, like that's my first thought. That's horrible. Uh, it sucks. Yeah. Um, so I'm in I'm actually seeing a sex therapist now for about four years and she's been wonderful. So. So I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> so on the timeline of how things unfolded, when did you get exposed? Like, was this in between like the five, four or five other times you opened up or was it at the very beginning or at the end? This was probably after the first time, maybe. Okay. So yeah. you had yeah. this girl you open up to with, with, with your most secretive secret. Right. And she tells you, never tell anyone this. And I, then yeah. <laughs> you go to college and you're dating the sorority girl and she exposes you to hundreds of people. Yes. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. God. Why does, why do good things, bad things happen to good people? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that's the million dollar question. Appreciate you saying so, but yeah, it's uh, it was really hard and it's definitely put the, the furrows in my, my psyche of, uh, of anxiety and stress and all that uh, when it comes to dating and, and kink. So it's, it's, it's been, it's affected me since then. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. it wouldn't, but okay. So how do you muster up the strength then to tell a few more people after that? Like what changed uh, your mind about it? Well, it took me a while. Like I said, like five years afterward, I just forswore anything that had to do with ABDL at all. It, even looking at porn on the internet, like I didn't even look at any of that. But Once your parents it, get involved, I'm sure you're just like, this is a turnoff now. <laughs> like, not yeah, thinking about it, this. It was for a bit. You're right. Yeah, for was. It was just like, ugh, I can't even imagine that they know this now. Um, yeah. 
it was terrible. But um, yeah, so after that five years, it just it still stayed around. Like it was still in my thought process. And I'm like, man, like I want to wear a diaper again, and I want to share this with a woman, you know, somehow. Like, <laughs> seems like an geez. impossible feat, but like it does. It just seemed like this this formula that no mathematician had ever solved. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so I, you know, I I would date Vanilla, go on Match, and you know whatever the sites were at the time, and. And I could tell, and then I would open up every so often, and I could tell, yep, this isn't going anywhere. And uh, <laughs> yep. And so actually, the, the next time I opened up was, she actually was a little more accepting. This is probably 2010, maybe. And she said, um, she's like, oh, I don't have a problem with that, but I don't have any part in it either. Neutral. Like, right. I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, okay, this is a baby step. <laughs> yeah. But we didn't work out because she moved away for a job. So, but um, after that was my ex-girlfriend, the one I just told you about. And I totally opened up to her about it after like three months into it. Again, I was insecure. I wasn't very confident. And um, and she just couldn't understand it. Like she needed to have this understanding about why. And I never could help her with that. So, like I even actually sent her your podcast. Um, really? And she, yeah, she listened to some of your podcast and she's like, well, I kind of she said it kind of normalizes it for me, but I still don't want anything to do with it. That's fair, um, I guess. And I was like, I'm like, <laughs> okay, like I get it. And that, and then that, so that was after the, like, are we going to move in together? <laughs> uh huh. And so that didn't work out. And then, yeah, so it's, it's just, you know, it, it just hadn't worked, unfortunately. Have um, you ever tried a kink dating site before? I get a lot of questions about that, but I don't have any experience with it. Yeah, so the the kink apps um, and the kink dating sites seem to be, especially the ABDL ones, like I think there's abdlmatch.com. It's like 98% spam. Um, <laughs> I can imagine. I think I'm on there. I think I have like 20 are, different profiles on there. Are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like I get all these emails from these beautiful women and I'm like, mm, I'm suspicious immediately. And then, <laughs> and then it turns out that, yeah, they're not who they say they are or it's a bot talking or something. Um, yeah. So... And, you know, I'm on FetLife, too, and um, that so far hasn't yielded fruit. Because I've met, I've actually been to some ABDL events, but the romantic connection or the attraction hasn't been there. So, How many events have you been to? Just two. Local um, events in yep. your area? Yep, yep, local. Uh, yep, and uh, I actually, you know, just wore a diaper out in public, you know, well, within the, the event, and uh, a shirt. It was for Halloween and said, my diaper is my costume. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was kind of fun. Um, so, so they're, they're around here, but it's still a very niche thing. And most people in the kink community aren't accepting of it. They're into the BDSM, you know, and the sub Dom kind of dynamic. The meaner so stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. The stuff that everybody's like, ah, oh, it's cool. It's um, not cute and fluffy. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, I wanna, dark yeah. and scary. <laughs> right. Like I want to be, Loving and gentle with some spanking maybe, but I don't need to put bruises on you or welts or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Two very different things. <laughs> and so I look I look very alpha and in my daily life I am, like military and all this other stuff. And uh and so when I go to some of these events, women are like, Ooh, Dom and I'm like Mm-mm, I'm baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or or I'll be your daddy. You wear a diaper for me? And so it's, it's totally over at that point. I'll pour wax on you, whatever you want, but you got to be right. a diaper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, 
Well, you know, it's a long journey. I'm sure it's going to take some time. I mean, anything worth finding will take time. But yes, I yes. wish that more women who message me on Instagram from their vanilla accounts would just make a profile and, you know, start posting things. So you make yourself easier to find, you know? Right. I would love that. Yeah. So if is you're Instagram, listening out there, women. <laughs> is Instagram a good place to like, I feel like, I don't know, I don't want to be creepy, you know? Like, <laughs> like, hey, random girl. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Um, <laughs> so I had one more question before we have to get off here, but how has your relationship with your parents changed or stayed the same? Is it How are things with that? Well, so my parents were, were older, so dad actually passed about, Eight years ago but uh, it's, thank you it's okay um, we had a good relationship but he was uh, he was born in the 30s and mom was born in the early 40s so sort of uh, what's dubbed the silent generation and um, so there wasn't a whole lot of talking yeah <laughs> so like they knew about it and I came home after the fact you know after they'd found out for Thanksgiving you know and I think there was like maybe five minutes of convo about it and that was the it, and that was it Never Forever. spoken of again. Never spoken again. <laughs> well, thank goodness for that, right? I mean, it's not something yeah. you want to be talking about with your parents. I'm right, sure. right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah. So after that, it was kind of like it never happened, uh, which I guess is good because they didn't, you know, like judge me, I suppose. But um, maybe they did. And things are back to normal now. Right. Right. Okay. Good. Good. I'm. I'm glad to hear that. That <laughs> at least there's yes, one good part to the story. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so gloomy, but yeah. Yeah. All right, Forrest. Well, it was so nice getting to know you. And thank you so much for sharing your story on here and telling me all about your freaking nightmare exposure. That's crazy. I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. Thank you. Yeah, this has been an honor to be on your show. I've really enjoyed it. So. All right. We'll be in touch. Sounds good. All right. Excellent. Bye, Forrest. Bye.